Yeah, well, that that whole thing supplies uh, cover for a number of uh, a number sure of does. things that these guys are trying to get done. I mean, sure it's like it COVID land, the, the high school theater production. Set- Right. They just keep repeating the lie over and over and over. It's going to be the same with climate change. They're just going to yeah, repeat it, the lie a million times a day. It, it reminds me, Jim, uh, before we get into the PDFs, like this is just a simple way to put it for the audience. Years ago, when uh, the, the first time we heard of the Black Lives Matter movement, it was in Ferguson. Uh, after I think it was Michael Brown was was uh, shot when he reached into the window yeah. of that cop's car. Well, I remember th- that was back when the media used to still. It was the last of that era where they'd actually like set up shop and have their uh, media vans there with their satellite vans and they'd have live reporters. And I remember Don Lemon from MSNBC was, st- I was watching it live and he was standing there and he's like, oh, this is Don Lemon. We're here at a peaceful uh, protest and literally behind him, like people were burning buildings down and he just keeps <laughs> talking and he goes over my shoulder. It's a very peaceful, very peaceful protest. And then someone hit him in the head with like a glass beer bottle and he goes, oh, he ducked and he ran off. They went through a commercial break. And then they had another reporter on the next night. He was literally inside of like a shark diver's cage that they put like in like a shark dive. And he was inside that reporting so he couldn't get hit with stuff. And he still stood there telling you that he was at a peaceful protest. When to anyone with a brain, you could sit there and go, well, what, what is he talking about? And it would remind me of um, like, a, like a parody movie or some kind of like a major league, you know, that baseball or something yeah. where you'd have a reporter or like a, a broadcaster going, ladies and gentlemen, behind me is one of the greatest football games ever. And you're watching a baseball game and, and they don't <laughs> care. They just keep doing it. And that's what's happened. (laughs) It was the same thing, like we said, 10 years ago, whenever it was, when Al Gore was called out on the hockey stick graph, because he was out there going, global warming, global warming, global warming. He disappeared for about a week and a half, came back, and he goes, well, this is climate change. Obviously, the weather goes up and down. The weather patterns go high, and they go low. This is climate change. This is what we're doing to the planet. And and they just keep the scam going. They don't care if you figured it out. Just like with COVID land, the high school theater production, 50% of the people figure it out. They go, I'm not wearing masks. I'm not doing this. I'm not getting the jab. And they just keep it running. They keep putting out. I mean, you can go on your Twitter feed, your Facebook feed, and just look at the propaganda, stuff that's already proven to be false. They'll just keep pumping it out there and telling you it's real. Yep. All right. So now What's we've next? got. What do we have next? All right, now we've got uh, this Coca-Cola admits it produces 3 million tons of plastic packaging a year. Yeah, this is an article uh, fairly recent. Coca-Cola did it, does admit they're producing 3 million tons of plastic packaging a year. And I think it's like, uh, I don't know, 120 billion single-use water bottles a year. And <laughs> interestingly, in this, in this article, let me scroll down a little more, please. Let's see, uh, Jim, that's actually uh, equivalent to 200,000 bottles a minute. (laughs) Right. Now, here comes a train. (laughs) Oh, that's all right. Trains are coming. It's rolling around the bend. I ain't seen the sunshine since I don't know when. I don't know when. (laughs) (laughs) So, essentially, what the, the, uh, I guess, company spokesperson said here is that... um, 
they have no plans to reduce this amount of plastic because that's what the customers want. Yeah, this is cr- this is craziness because we talked about this in episode 80, right? And I had said to you if um so let, let's say we admit that there is pollution that's bad for the planet and then the CO2 is not it. But if these companies like Coca-Cola and these bigwigs that are all on board, folks, they're all, all these companies, go look it up. They sit on every NGO, every think tank. They sit on the World Economic Forum. They're part of the UN. Like these are the guys that run all this stuff. But if they really wanted to stop pollution, they could stop making petroleum-based plastics and all this other stuff. They're not doing it. So it's like they're it's not a doing joke. it. Yeah, read the sentence, start with the paragraph. But the majority of the 150 companies who have signed up to MacArthur's global commitment to reduce plastic pollution are still refusing to publicly disclose figures on their own plastic packaging production. And these companies include PepsiCo. H&M, L'Oreal, Walmart, and Marks and Spencer. So basically what they're saying is, yeah, we're going to keep producing all the plastic that we've been producing. Um, (laughs) Oh, this is funny, though. I got to read this. This says 150 companies have signed up to the foundation's global commitment to reduce plastic waste, which aims to, one, eliminate unnecessary plastic packaging and move from single-use to reusable packaging, two, innovate to ensure 100% of plastic packaging can be easily and safely reused, recycled, or composted by 2025. This is, it's just nonsense. Three, create a circular economy in plastic by significantly increasing the volumes of plastic reused or recycled into new packaging. Now, I'm not saying this is 100% true, but I know certain people I've talked to over the years that work in big waste management facilities that have told me that the recycling bin that you have that your town or your county makes you get they dump yep. that stuff in the same dump as the dump. They said that barely any of it is actually recycled. Now, I don't know if that's true, but these are people I who watched there. On, on Netflix, I think, um, four or five years ago, went through that uh, in detail. Yeah, it's like 10% of the stuff that is so-called recyclable gets put right in the same landfill. <laughs> yeah, that's what these no, guys No, no 90%. They only recycle 10%. 90% get, goes right in the landfill. Exactly. So, I mean, again, yeah. this is just all uh, nonsense. And like you said, if if this was really the issue, if uh, petroleum-based plastics and stuff were really the issue, or these guys were really serious about what they believe the science tells them about pollution and climate change, they would have changed all this. They'd be making more glass bottles yep. or somebody would have innovated and came up with a new solution. I mean, it's that simple. Um, exactly. Yet, that's not what they're doing. I mean, they would have, look, if these guys really cared about the planet, they would have switched over and just been selling those um, soda making machines that you bring, that you buy, you know, to make your own yeah. soda at home. Yeah, they'd be selling those. Yeah. They would be selling you the powder and the packets and the flavors, and they would cut out all the plastic bottles. It would just come out and they tell people, like, I know you like it, but we can't do it. We're killing the planet. Bad idea. We screwed up. We're not doing it anymore. But they're not saying that. Yep. They're not saying that. All right, so now we have another it. one here. This is uh, Coca-Cola will not stop using single-use plastic bottles. Bingo. What, what's the date of this? June of 2020? Correct. January 2020. Yep. January 2020. 
Okay, yeah, so, so scroll on down. And here comes a fire truck, folks. Hang on. <laughs> oh, there's a fire truck coming. You know what they're there for? Climate change. Yeah, maybe the train. So I don't know. The train's going. Now the fire truck's going by. Yeah, it's climate change. It's climate change. Yep. Yeah, so, so basically says, this is the article saying that, you know, we, we produce a lot of single-use plastic bottles and we're not stopping. Right, and here, I just covered this in a recent episode, so let me stick this in here. It says, instead of eliminating plastic, executives from the beverage company announced at the forum that they are launching a partnership with JD.com, an online retailer in China, quote, to explore new ways of plastic recycling to help drive the circular economy in China, end quote. Now, I will just say, we, we talked about the circular economy on uh, a few episodes yeah. ago, but... The funny thing with that is when I was a kid working in the grocery store when I was like 14, 15, 16, um, you know, all the old guys, all the old retired uh, guys like my great-grandfather, they would uh, go around town picking up aluminum cans and stuff, and they would bring them in while yeah. they're smoking their cigarettes. And you would uh, they had bottle deposits, so when you bought a six-pack of Coca-Cola or something, you had to pay 30 cents, five cents on each can or bottle. And that would encourage you to bring them back to the grocery store and recycle them to get your bottle deposit back. So the old guys would collect them from garbage cans and stuff and try yep. to make a few bucks. So we already had this circular economy back in 1980. Apparently it failed. <laughs> Nobody does that well, anymore, do they? Instead of creating a brand new circular economy out of scratch, why don't you just change the packaging? Yeah, exactly. Why don't they change what they're making this stuff out of? But this is, we could probably spend a whole episode, and I'm not going to do it, but I could probably go in, look into this uh, test model here um, yeah. on this circular economy in China. This this won't be what you think it is. It's probably tied to some kind of like energy certificate carbon credit system. For like sure, every sure. soda you drink, you'll be penalized, but then you get a free candy bar and a donut. If I mean, there's going to be some kind of gamification involved with it because again we know it's not about saving the planet this is just about socially engineering people into more slave state control right all right what do we have next all right next you've got uh north america leads 370 billion dollar global push for oil and gas pipelines from oilprice.com yeah so this is interesting um you know again if we're supposed to be switching to wind and solar and EV cars, why are is the world spending $370 billion with a B to, to you know, basically implement new oil and gas pipelines? And the U.S. is leading the charge. Yeah, and I just want to bring up a point here, and then you can clarify it. Um, what See, what this... Like, if some people were listening to this and don't really understand it, you'd be saying, okay, what does that mean? So you have the whole UN, all this international governing body that wants to go and turn the world into a green planet, right, with windmills and solar and EV cars. And so you say then, well, so what? The oil guys are spending $370 billion in this global push for oil and gas pipelines. So they're competitors. They're going to just do it. And so they're actually competing with one another but they're not right jim no they're not and in, in fact 
So uh, my the point here is we're going to go through some documents here in a minute. And if you keep a running total in your head of the amount of money that's going into oil and, and gas infrastructure, it's trillions. It's not small numbers. It's trillions, probably much larger than the wind and solar money around the world. But again, these big companies are not here to waste money. They're not going to implement things that take 10, 15, 20, 30 years to get their money back if they feel like they're going to be non-existent in seven years or 27 years to 2030 and 2050. They're not going to spend this kind of money if they thought it was going to go up in smoke. Yeah, and some of this money being used to build these pipelines are coming from government uh, dollars anyway, correct? Um, some of it, but most of it's, most of it's, you know, public and private companies, public and private companies. Yeah. But then, but then you have, uh, like you just said, these guys aren't going to go spend this amount of money if they don't know there's a guarantee on a return. Like they're not going to start building a pipeline for a hundred billion dollars. If they think the next administration is going to shut it down and say, no, you can't do that. Exactly. I was just reading a report this morning from EOG Resources. It's a, it's a, it's a medium-sized oil and gas exploration company. Um, they're not Exxon by far, but they're, they're a big player. They're a big company. They're going to spend $5 billion with a B drilling new oil and gas wells in 2023. They're one of hundreds of companies. If you, if you did, you know, took all the publicly traded companies and you went and pulled all their investor presentations and you added up how much money they're going to spend drilling new wells in 2023, it's in the hundreds of billions of dollars. Yeah. And, and that's these, annually. That's annually. Right. And if these types of businesses like Exxon, with the amount of money that they have on hand, sat at a table and they were told uh, by the international governing body of uh, witches and warlocks and they said listen we're shutting you down within five years we're going to 90 percent solar and uh and windmills and we can do this uh you're not going to be able to drill anymore oil and gas are done you know what these guys would do they would take their money they'd and gear up and they'd be and like, solar. <laughs> yeah they'd be in wind and solar exactly exactly they, they would monopolize that industry overnight. So that's how right. you know that it's it's such BS. And like we said, a lot of these uh, companies have seats at the table uh, with WEF and the UN and everything else. They're sitting on these governing bodies. Right. And this $370 billion for oil and gas pipelines is through 2028. Right. Yeah. So, so it, might be, it might be $500 billion by the time we get to 2030. Who knows? That's craziness. All right. Anything in here you want to cover in detail? Uh, do you want to go through the nah, highlights? We, we don't need to go through all the details. I mean, for the for the folks that want to, I've got some highlighted pieces in here, but it's the same message that we just talked about. Okay. And then uh, the next one, we have the uh, pipeline bubble tracking global oil and gas pipelines. Yeah. So related to that article, this is the uh, from GEM, the Global Energy uh, Market marketer or can't remember the the acronym go to the next page it'll tell you oh global energy monitor monitor that's it so this group is uh connected to the un and and, and the ipcc and they've got several documents we're going to go through and basically all throughout here, these documents they're pointing the finger at policy makers i.e salespeople, politicians saying hey 
You said you were going to reduce emissions by this much. You said you weren't going to go, you were going to increase wind and solar. And you said you were going to reduce oil and gas. And you're not doing it. (laughs) You'll see that theme throughout these documents. But this is important because it shows you the amount of money that is being spent in oil and gas. All right. So on this one, um, do you have stuff highlighted in here? Oh, yeah, we do. Yep, here we I go. do. All right. So we're on the pipeline bubble 2021 tracking global oil and gas pipelines. And then this is the executive summary. Can you read that? Yeah, I can read it. So essentially, the first bullet point, they're saying stranded asset risk of a trillion dollars. So one trillion dollars in capital expenditures is on a collision course with commitments by most large economies to transition to carbon neutrality by mid-century. And so they're saying that, hey, all this money you're spending on oil and gas, yeah, it's going to just become non-existent and wasted money by 2050. Sure, I believe you. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Gas, what's it say? Gas what? It says gas dominates the mix. Dominates the mix. Yeah, so 18 of the 20 uh, longest pipelines are nat gas, even though they're claiming that's a bridge fuel. And the U.S. Uh, leads global capacity growth and climate risk because we're building oil and gas infrastructure, so we're, we're at climate risk. Um, somebody sent me a recent article that came out of COP27, I can't remember who said it, it might have been John Kerry, that the U.S., this was sent to me on Monday, the U.S. has 68% more um, climate change, CO2 emissions than the rest of the world. Well, <laughs> You start laughing because that same number doesn't exist in Canada nor Mexico. So it's kind of like, you know, when you walk into a restaurant and you have to wear a mask because the virus can attack you. But when you sit down, you can take the mask off because the virus cannot attack you. It's kind of like saying, well, the U.S. has uh, has, is, has more CO2 climate change, uh, you know, like, like uh, storms and stuff. But the rest of the world does not. Yeah, exactly. It's only, target- it's only targeting the U.S., when we were at the hospital, they had put us in a uh, COVID lockdown room uh, because yeah. we refused to take the COVID tests. And so the doctor's like, well, then we're going to have to wear personal protective equipment. I said, okay, do whatever you have to do. So they came in the room. They wore, they're like, well, we have to double masks. They had two paper masks. They were like the thin ones that are like <laughs> toilet paper with the mouth, like your mouth is hanging out the side. And then they had a plant, like a piece of plastic, like a garbage, actually, no, like those cheap plastic picnic um like throwaway picnic uh, table plastic it was yeah. like a lobster bib that they wore so i started laughing when they came in i said are you kidding me i said you guys are willing to play covid land the high school theater production still and he goes oh you know like sir i, I said that's like me wrapping my wrists in tin foil and then saying i could jump into a fire and it will protect me <laughs> like I was like, the hell are you guys even doing? (laughs) Yeah, it's too funny. Crazy. So there's a bunch of bullet points in here. Um, So let's see here. What's this? A few restrictions on midstream financing. 
So they're saying that, you know, midstream, what that means is that that's pipelines. It's transporting, you know, oil and gas from the well site where it comes out of the ground to the infrastructure where it needs to go. That's what midstream is. Uh, and they're saying that that is not being, um, you know, restricted for climate change. Okay. So they're saying they want it restricted more. They want it restricted. Correct. The biggest producing oil field, okay, in the world shows financial support by more than 100 institutions, while 50 major financial institutions have now implemented policies restricting support for tar sands or Arctic extraction. Only four so far have restricted pipelines. Okay, so they're talking about having restrictions on the Saudi Arabian uh, field pipelines, right? Well, and, and the Permian Basin's in West Texas. So they're saying that, hey, U.S. banks, you're still giving money to oil and gas companies that are drilling over in uh, in West Texas, and they're building pipelines coming out of West Texas. Why are you doing that? Stop doing it. That's what they're saying. Okay, so they want the banks to tight to basically regulate these guys by not loaning them money. Correct. All right. So now, does that? I mean, we're eventually going to get into that, but does that that climbs all the way back to um, like who who's setting ESG. all the rules? ESG. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I personally thought it was BlackRock and Larry Fink since he sits on the board at the UN. But I read in a Bank of International Settlements document that they are pushing the ESG and they're going to get asset managers like BlackRock to push it to cut their portfolio companies themselves. But it came straight from the Bank of International Settlements. Okay, so they're using BIS, then they're using their uh, bulldogs like uh, Larry Fink, Larry Fink and, uh, and BlackRock, BlackRock yep. to then go in, build their portfolio of companies. Like you said in a past show, you could take BlackRock, Vanguard, State Street, whatever, who then might control a total of 30% of a company, and now they right. can then bully that company into <laughs> adopting yeah. ESG. And if they don't adopt ESG, then they can use banks um, uh, and other uh, places with lending vehicles to stop them from loaning money to these companies for projects. So that's how Correct. they basically bully the companies into submission. Right. Brilliant, man. This is way bigger than Tony Soprano. <laughs> <laughs> yep. I don't even think Tony could have thought of a scheme like this. Oh. Yeah. I don't think so he could this have is, came So now they have these things called civil society organizations. I thought that was interesting. I'd never heard that term before. It's similar to an NGO, um, but it's it's called a civil society organization. They're calling for the managed decline of fossil fuel production. Okay, and it says many of the world's largest economies, including China, the European Union, Japan, and I can't read that. Uh, China, right. Japan, European Union, Japan, Korea have now committed to achieving net zero emissions with the projected lifespan of pipeline infrastructure currently being proposed, raising the possibility that such projects, if built, will be uh, prematurely retired. Now, here's the, let me ask you this, because this is important too. So what they're talking about is the civil society organizations calling for a managed decline of fossil fuel production. So you can only... I mean, the only other alternative is that they actually are going to stop it and then everyone will freeze to death and die. 
because they don't have the alternative energy sources to make up for ending the uh, fossil fuel production. Like, that's the only other alternative. If they were actually going to shut it all down, then a lot of people will die. They will starve to death and freeze to death. If they, if they turned off all oil and natural gas production uh, overnight, we would be in the Stone Ages. Yeah. Literally. But again, yeah. they're saying like, hey, you know, don't spend all this money. Don't spend this trillions of dollars on this infrastructure because it's going to get retired and it's going to become obsolete. Right. Now, this, now this group that published this, um, what, what, where are they as far as um, like being in the uh, line of like control? Are, are they reporting these dot Do these kind of studies go over to the UN? Who, who actually yeah. reads this stuff? Yeah, they, they report this stuff directly to the UN and the IPCC. Okay, so they reported over there. So what they come to the conclusion is, is basically telling them, you know, basically they're saying, why the hell is Exxon and all these companies investing in expansion of these pipelines when we have called for ending all use of fossil fuels? That's basically what they're asking. They're the tattletale, right? They're the ones telling on on all these countries and companies that, hey, hey, UN. They're not doing what they said they were going to do. They pledged and promised, and they're not doing it. Hence the UN document, the closing window. <laughs> hey, pay attention. <laughs> you said you were going to do this. You better hurry up. Now, let me ask you this, because like this is your opinion now. But um, So do you think companies like Exxon, let's just use them because we showed some of their information. Are they, are they continuing down... The path they are because there's profits and because that's you know going to make up the bulk of energy consumption in the future. Are they really defying the UN or is like a company like this, they're just part of the scam and they get to write these reports and whine and complain when the people at the top really know we're not actually going to move into full solar and windmills? That's correct. Exxon knows that oil and natural gas are going nowhere. They know that wind and solar is not the rescue answer. And they also know that climate change, the uh, propaganda is just that propaganda. They know all this. And they're obviously going to continue to make money. This group is just, it's almost like, you know, you've got, now you've got two WWE wrestlers, as you like to say, in the, in the ring, right? Yeah. <laughs> this is distraction. This is noise. And, but they're also kind of reporting back to the UN, which circles back to what you said in the beginning. What at the end of the day, when this doesn't work, this is building their case to blame it on us. Okay, exactly. And Exxon and these companies will gladly take the slings and arrows in the wwe wrestling match too exactly so when it's all done they will play the boogeyman in this as well so when when it all goes down when they come out with a new hockey stick graph and they go oh my god the planet is burning up the only way to stop this now is carbon credit cbdc because the stupid people wouldn't buy ev cars and because exxon kept building pipelines you guys have ruined it for all of us now this is the only solution and yeah it'll be fine because nobody gets hurt in it exxon doesn't get hurt and they go okay sure whatever well fast forward to 2070 assuming they get their way 
we have UBI CBDC, you know, chips in our in our hand, and we're under. We, we no longer have a monetary based economic system. We have a carbon credit economic system. Well, guess what? Plastic is still going to be made. Cement is still going to be made. You're still going to heat your your pod with natural gas. <laughs> you're, you're, it's not going anywhere. Right. Right. And I, and I tell you, what they'll do is once they switch it over. So if the whole point of the climate change hustle was to build the narrative for the control system, the monetary control system, which becomes CBDC and UBI, if that's all they needed climate change for, of course, enriching themselves along the way, about three weeks into CBDC being launched and now we're on it, there's like no going back. You will never hear the word climate change ever mentioned again. <laughs> No, and we're going to get into this in a later show, but there's another side hustle going on. And it's, again, again, using climate change. We're going to get into that. Um, it has to do with blue bonds and green bonds and, and the, de the debt trap. We're going to get into that in detail. Uh, probably two Jeez. episodes, one or two episodes. Maybe the next one, if not the one after that. This is unbelievable. All right, scroll down here. I want to get to some of these numbers. All right. Do you, uh, do you need this uh, stuff that's nah. up on the screen now or no? No, no, no. I don't need the highlighted stuff here. Okay. Okay. That's uh, just saying, you know, it's mo most of the infrastructure is natural gas, not oil on the pipelines. Okay. Scroll down. Okay. Okay. Now we. Yeah. Scroll down to the bottom. So at the top there, right? Worldwide, the capital expenditures are what? Associated with projects in pre construction or construction amounts. To U.S. $1.07 trillion as shown in table with a T, two. With a T, folks, trillion dollars. Trillion so dollars. Unbelievable. Trillion dollars in pipelines. Dollars. Yeah. 